0: Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire. First episode 2020. Again, shout out to our generous sponsors, Cackle and Darren J. March Financial Planning. Uh, We are here with the uh, legendary coaching uh, legend, Coach John Toomey, the architect of the Day Defense. Um, I want to start out, Coach, as as a former player, I know that I I speak not only for myself, but other, other people. Uh, former players, you're one of the most respected, um, you you were incredibly tough, but also incredibly fair, and uh, again, that's a compliment to you, w- you knew any time uh, uh, we went out there on defense or anything like that, uh, we were going to be a disciplined team, and, and that started with you. Um, as I'm doing my research here, I, I, I have a, a subscription now to these old uh, newspapers, so I, I found some uh, some good nuggets on you. Um, the one thing that stood out, like, you know, we've, we've been playing golf now for a couple of years and I, and I'm saying to myself, I never heard any of this. It, it's, it's how humble you are. Uh, you're going to be in the nativity hall of fame here in a week. Uh, you're already in the Pottsville hall of fame. Um, so I had no idea. I mean, I knew you were a good athlete, but I had no idea just to what extent, um, you were, um, and you, you come from a, a legendary family You have Danny, uh, Jimmy and, and, and yourself. I guess my first question is. How was it growing up in a family with, with competitors like you, you were?
1: Well, the two brothers before me, we were, were seven, year, seven years apart with Danny and four years apart with Jim, and they, of course, went to Nativity before me, so that was always helpful. Um, they, were, they were good people. They were good athletes. They were good students. So following in their footsteps was, was relatively simple in that way uh, because people liked them and it got me a foot in the door with, with some people that, you know, with some of the teachers and some of the coaches because they already knew me. I probably hung around as a manager. was probably a pain in the butt to most of them at that time. But, uh, no, it was it, there was nothing hard about it. Uh, some people would say, well, you know, you're following in some pretty good athletes. You're following some pretty good athletes, and is that sometimes a challenge? Um, never saw it as that. Uh, saw it as an opportunity. Um and I'm assuming we'll get to following Jimmy to Millersville mm-hmm. as well, and uh, that more than anything was really helpful because you're going away for the first time and you're, you know, you're independent for the first time. Some of that can go wrong if you don't handle it the right way. And, and having Jimmy graduate and me come in at Millersville was a blessing in disguise for me. Uh, it probably got me through a very difficult early part of my freshman year, both academically and athletically Uh, so no I I never saw it as a negative Um, obviously a challenge in some ways because of the type of people that my my brothers were and are but uh, nothing negative about it
0: were you guys allowed to be on the same team in neighborhood games
1: Uh, well being the youngest you know how that works Uh, sometimes you're you're not picked it doesn't matter whether or not your brothers are playing and picking you know it, it the neighborhood thing was the neighborhood thing so you're either good Good enough to be picked, mm-hmm. or you wait until it's your turn to play, and that's basically what the the neighborhood games were like. Now I noticed here
0: in, uh, in Teener League, 1970, <coughs> this is a this would be this would be like the greatest day of my life. No hitter and then four hits for Huffs over uh, Davis Catering.
1: Uh, wow, you really did some research. Yeah. Was that back, the greatest Did you get like free ice cream at Dairy <laughs> Queen there or what? I mean. Uh, no, I think Mr. Huff might have given me a baseball after that game, but uh, that, 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 they were some really good times. Um, Bob Huff was a, was a class gentleman. Uh, I'm, I'm, you might be too young to remember, but there was a Huff sporting goods store not too far from here uh, on Market Street on a corner, and it sat down, you walked down the steps to, to, to enter the, the store. And uh, playing for Huffs, obviously, uh, that was that was uh, a, 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 you know something that I really enjoyed. But with Mr. Huff, he he wasn't our coach, but he was our sponsor, mm-hmm. and uh, he was just a good gentleman. And, w- and I had good coaches at that time, and played with some really good players. And uh, how many that, teams uh, did the Teener league have that back then? Uh, well, it was a, it was it was the it was the Pottsville Teener League. Okay. Um, I couldn't remember, I can't tell you how many, how many my play teams was there only were. Only Tony and finales. Yeah. No. Uh, Huff's. Uh, I'm trying to think what the other major team was. And it, what what happened at that time is the kids that you played with in high school, sometimes you were split from mm-hmm. when you played against them in Teener League, which wasn't always easy, but uh, it made for some competitive games. Um,
0: you're also a newspaper boy, I saw. Uh, what, what was your route?
1: Well, that interrupted some, some neighborhood games, to tell you the truth. Maybe that was the reason why I didn't get picked at times. But, uh, yeah, my route was right around my house. Um, And I could probably still walk it today and still uh, remember exactly where the newspapers go. It was Center Street. It was most of uh, the top of, um, I guess it would be called Jalapa today. Okay. Um, And then it was up past, uh, heading out towards St. Clair that way, you know, going up the hill towards... That's a pretty big route. Yeah, it was a a big route. And uh, never enjoyed Mom yelling from the back porch to uh, come and deliver the papers because we were usually in the middle of... uh, (laughs) some type of sporting game that uh, called me away.
0: Now, I hate to bring this up. I, I saw this is obviously the days before HIPAA, where they would put in, uh, if you went to the hospital, uh, 1969, you had to go for a lacerated arm. Do you remember that?
1: I don't remember it, but it doesn't surprise me. You, did uh, you
0: cry? That's the most important question.
1: Uh, well, I'm going to probably admit to it now that I did. If you asked me this maybe 30 years ago, <laughs> I probably would say, no, I've never <laughs> cried before in my life. But, uh, yeah, it uh, with those neighborhood games that you brought up, and just playing sports sure. in general, I mean, you know, we were always playing sports, and we were always involved doing something somewhere. And some of the times it was on macadam. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this time of year, we'd we'd find a, a an area where we could play tackle football on snow and ice. So,
0: did you guys change the sports as the seasons? Like, did you go football, then basketball, baseball?
1: Pretty much, pretty much. Um, you know, like in the wintertime you're kinda limited. So mm-hmm. we would find uh we usually we usually went over to the Jalapa playground and played in an upper field there that was you know, it was flat and you know, when it on a day like today when it's cold and snowy and icy, we would go over there and play a good tackle football game that would uh cause some of those lacerations that you're talking about.
0: Now you went to nativity, you were
1: a three sport uh,
0: standout. Now just from my research it seemed I mean you were good at all three, obviously. <laughs> but Seemed like baseball. You you really had some incredible uh, in moments. He, uh, one hitter against Tamakwa. Um, did you like baseball better, or is it?
1: Well, my intention when I when I decided that Millersville was a place I wanted to go was to play two sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you're you're absolutely right. Uh, baseball was my number one love, and I, I and you know we always talked about that as brothers. You know, like what sports were we best at, and I think we've come to the conclusion that Jimmy was probably the best football player. Danny, probably the best basketball player, and and me in baseball. So my intention was to go and play two sports. But uh, I was lucky enough to come into Millersville as a, as a football player first, of course, because that was the sport that started first. And, uh, you know, as they recruited me, and I use that word lightly because I probably went in there with the help of my brother, Jim, who had a very successful four years. So I wasn't in no way heavily recruited. But uh, I went there as a football player first and quickly found out that coaches had a subtle way of convincing you that you'd be better off coming to spring football (laughs) than you would going out for the baseball team. So uh, I don't remember exactly how it played out. But yeah, to answer your question, I, I probably, if I had it all over again, would have found a way to uh, play both in college to the point where maybe later on maybe my junior senior year where where it really gets mm-hmm. you know when you're really involved with the varsity program um, maybe it would have been impossible and with the the school end of it too might have been impossible to play both but I would have liked to have taken a shot at that you know you, you keep
0: mentioning Jimmy I mean Jimmy was first team Sack linebacker uh, he actually gave me I remember one time I was lifted in the in the weight room and he gave me. It was before I was going to to college and he gave me he probably doesn't remember but he gave me pretty good advice he just said you know college football is different you're 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 you don't have class all day you know it's hard to get motivated and I'm thinking well it should be easier to, to go to football because you but it was true because you have class maybe two or three times a day for a couple hours you're sitting around so you do have to get motivated to kind of get to practice and you know he did say it's a job there and he, he was spot on. So,
1: uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, college coaches. I mean, I, I love my college coaches. Uh, Dr. Gene Carpenter was a, a, an ex-Marine, just a just a class guy, a typical Marine, mm-hmm. and uh, taught me a lot of things. And you know, almost taught me that uh, you know football was a way of life, and that if you followed the way of life of football, usually that would. Help you in all facets of life, and he—he was—he that was absolutely true. Um, and Jimmy's advice there was was accurate. I tell I tell kids today, even to this day, that you're going to have to have some time management skills. You're going to have to understand that your know, mom and dad aren't going to be there to tell you when to get up, when to make that eight eight o'clock class. Um, it's just a different lifestyle, and some kids succeed and some kids don't. And you know, again, having two brothers that went before me and, you know, seeing how they handled it obviously was an advantage for me.
0: And Danny was first-team PSAC at uh Danny was
1: first-team PSAC at tight end, as was Jim. I don't mean right. to correct you on air, but –
0: No, I did say first-team.
1: You said linebacker, though. He was, oh, he wasn't he, a linebacker? Oh okay. no, he played offense. We, all, we all three um, okay. were, were tight ends, and Danny at Slippery Rock, and uh, Danny has the uh, has the achievement of, of winning a PSAC title. Um, both Jimmy and I played in a PSAC championship game we unfortunately we lost to the West in both cases but uh, Danny's team from the West uh, beat Westchester in his senior year to win the PSAC title.
0: Now uh, you know looking at Nativity uh, up until 88 you had you're actually the career yards leader with uh, 1439 um, 510 170 at, at you're actually listed as an old lineman in, in some uh, newspapers but yep. Nativity was kind of ahead of its time back then. I mean, they kind of threw the ball a little bit more than other programs.
1: Yeah. When I was leading into my sophomore year, coach shields came on board. Um, and yeah, he was, a he was, he was a pass first guy. I mean, he wanted to run the ball and he wanted to be a typical Schuylkill County football coach, which is, you know, establish the run and then, you know, work off of that with the passing game. But uh, no, he was very, he was ahead of his time when it came to his, his passing game. And uh you know, at that time, I, I, I spent some time as a split end. Sometimes I reduced down to a tight end. But most of my catches were from a split end position um, simply because of the offense we ran and just trying to get me out in open space. Wasn't the quickest guy in the world, Alfredo. So getting me the ball wasn't always an easy thing for Coach Shields to do. But uh, um, it worked out.
0: Now, uh, your, your basketball, because uh, I think people today obviously know he's a basketball coach. Uh, the one article referred to as Little John Toomey was that insulting.
1: At the time, probably. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: he added like fifteen points. So I mean, I don't know why they had to give that dig to you. Yeah, uh, we'll find the reporter. You know
1: what? Somebody somebody gave me that article not too long ago. I don't know who it was, and they weren't. It wasn't like they were being uh, generous to me. Either. They they were trying to make a a point of that <laughs> Little John Toomey as well. Um, <laughs> I was fortunate to play on, on a team that, and we challenged for the Schuylkill league uh, championship our senior year, but guys like Kevin Kennedy and Mike Tracy and Richie Durant and Ronnie Parker. I, I was fortunate to play on a, on a team surrounded by some pretty good athletes. And, you know, if if I contributed points, it was probably because they, they worked their butts off to get me to ball in good in, in good places on the floor.
0: Now, you know, you said you followed uh, Jimmy t- to Millersville. Um, you end up being all-conference first team there. Uh, you won the Triple Effort Award, which I, I think exemplifies you uh, perfectly. Um, what was it like? I mean, you, you talked about it a little bit before, but and I, th- I thought he was a linebacker. So you're both at tight end when you get there? Yes. So w- was that good to just – I mean, it would probably be invaluable for him to kind of teach you the offense, the kind of ins and outs of, of everything. I mean, how, how much – how well, helpful th- was that?
1: To throw a little bit more help into the mix, Jimmy actually stayed on – I don't remember if he was actually called a grad assistant or not but our freshman team the, the freshman core that stayed together on a freshman team for Miller's well we we had fine teams to play like not every school had a freshman team that was separate from the varsity team so we would go and play like Princeton's jv's we were fortunate to play at franklin field against penn's jv's oh, okay. so uh, and we went undefeated that year. And he actually stayed on as a as an assistant coach with that. And, that, you know, obviously that was invaluable as well. But I actually started there as a split end as well because, like you said, I was 170 pounds and 170-pound tight end wasn't going to make it. I uh, was fortunate to put on about 20 pounds between now, then and my junior year. And coaches called me in and said, look, we, uh, we want to get you on the field somehow, but it's not going to happen at split end. Um, we had some really talented athletic kids and that could run faster and jump mm-hmm. higher than me so yeah college
0: coaches don't mince words either. no no so they
1: they made a point of saying look we just lost this would be going into my junior year we said we just lost our 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 tight end and uh, we want to give you a shot there and you know you have to take the most you know mm-hmm. the best and the most of it and, and work from it and uh, fortunately again playing with some really good uh, skilled players players surrounding me, I was fortunate to have some pretty good uh, years, my junior and senior and, year. And
0: for the listeners out there, PSAC, I mean, arguably the best Division II conference in, in the country, and, and has been for, for a while, so. Um, now, you come back to Possible, was your was your goal, did you always envision coming back here and, and, and teaching and coaching? Did you envision going, being, being a nativity guy, did you think going to nativity, or?
1: That's a really good question, because I was thinking about that, and um, I think anybody, Who's and I didn't come home a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because you're involved in football and you then you know I was I was training to be a teacher, so you know there there was some things with that that kept me at Millersville most of the time. So other than maybe uh, you know the first half of my freshman year, I, I really didn't come home a lot, and you know, and I think that was that was good for me to, to try to get away and become a little bit independent. But I guess everyone in the back of their mind, if they're going to go back to their hometown want to go back and try to help some of the people that helped them mm-hmm. and nativity was a big part of that for me so it was a it was a honor for me to go back and and help uh, both with nativity uh, football to start with from I guess 78 to maybe like 83 84 your, your records might tell you something a little bit different that's that's my recollection because I remember starting at Pottsville in 85 with coach Laubach but Working with Danny Shields and being around guys like Dave Wixted and Terry Case and Billy Tidmore and guys like that um, was just a, it was a good time for me. And then I actually uh, coached a year of JV basketball at Nativity under Bill Norton, who was a class act mm-hmm. as well. Um, and actually applied when when Bill uh, gave the, the job up. Actually applied to be the basketball coach there. Now a good friend of mine, Tim Coyle, got the job which, you know, was great for him and disappointed me a little bit. But, sure. you know, you anytime you go after a job and don't get it, you're going to be disappointed. But knowing that, you know, Timmy, and, and he went on to do some really great things there. So it just, you know, life has a way of turning you in a different direction. But, yeah, I wanted to come back, and I wanted to make sure that I tried to do as much as possible for the people who did um, a lot for me.
0: Now, who, who are some of your uh – Inspirations for your coaching, the way you coach.
1: Well, I think it's got to go back to starting with Danny Shields, or even I could even go back as far as my my midgets. I played in the CYO league in midget football, and I had Joe Wapinski as hmm. as my uh, my coach, and he was a rough, tough guy. Uh, and I was an offensive lineman then, so that tells you just how quick I was. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know many people that could tell you they went from being an offensive line in seventh, an offensive lineman in seventh and eighth grade to a split end. In their high school, but uh, that happened to me. But Joe Wapinski, uh, Danny Shields, who I already mentioned, uh, of course, uh, Dr. Carpenter uh, at Millersville, uh, and then coming back here and working for Danny Shields again, and working for Rick Laubach for only a year before Rick decided that he was going to uh, give it up, and then of course, you know, working side by side with Kevin Keating. Now, there's there's a lot of. There's a lot of things you can learn from people like that. Mm-hmm. And then and, and throw in Bill Flynn, who was an assistant at times for us when we were together at Pottsville with uh, Kevin and I and Jimmy Shields. So surrounding yourself with, with just great people, people first, coaches second, uh, really helped me.
0: Was was going to defense coming from offensive mind? I, mean, I guess it's kind of an advantage in, in a way because you know – well, what the offense a, might be doing.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a little, I don't know if it's funny, but I'll throw it out to you. We Kevin and I, we didn't expect Rick, like I, I came over from Nativity simply because of the opportunity, and, and I was coaching the secondary at the time, so that might lead you, that might tell you how I eventually ended up on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Rick had one position open, and it was uh, helping with his defensive secondary, so I thought, you know, hadn't done it much. I was a defensive coordinator at Nativity with Danny, but uh, you know, I was young, and you know, Danny was kind of bringing me along slowly there. But, uh, yeah, I was uh, started out as a secondary coach at Pottsville. Uh, Kevin and I, I don't remember why we were going to Williamsport, but we were driving in the car, and I said, Coach, how did your meeting go with the athletic committee? And he said, well, he goes, I think we're going to be hired as interim coaches. <laughs> And he goes – It's a nice way of saying saying they don't believe in you. He was an English teacher, (laughs) so I said, well, you're going to have to define interim (laughs) for me. And he said, well, I think it's almost uh, year to year, and if it's not year to year, it might be day to day or month to month.
0: Signing up, right.
1: So, uh, you know, we said, let's go for it. I mean, we were both young, and uh, obviously 30-some years later, uh, I don't think Pottsville could have made a better hire than Kevin Keating. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, you coach basketball. At one point, I mean, you were defensive coordinator and head basketball coach, which I mean had to be an exhausting year out. Imagine, um, in in the in the best of ways. What did you you coach with with uh, Jimmy and Haven for a little
1: bit? I did. It was more a, uh, I wasn't doing a whole lot of uh, coaching on the bench. Uh, did a lot of scouting for him, and then would come in uh, the day after the scout would write up a scouting report, uh, give it to the kids at practice. And then just move on to the next team. So I was I wasn't visible much with mm-hmm. his with his teams. Did a lot of the behind the scenes stuff with with his teams. But obviously his success down there is well documented. Uh, playing in a state title, uh, that that was, you know that was really uh, something to see. Um, yeah, but working with Jimmy kind of created a interest for me to maybe be a head coach. Uh, I had already mentioned I had. You know, later on, had gone after the nativity job. Um, and then the Pottsville job opened, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, coached with Jimmy Stidle as a junior high coach for, I guess, five or six years. Then was a JV coach with him for a year. And then he informed me that that was going to be his last year as well. So made the decision. Wasn't an easy decision. Uh, we're at that point already had two of our three children. So it was a lot of a lot of burden on my wife. And without her cooperation without and without her permission, it uh, would have been very difficult for me to do both jobs. And it only took me, I think, two years to decide I'm not going to cheat these jobs. Mm-hmm. And, and being a defense coordinator at Pottsville and being the head basketball coach at Pottsville was just not going to be uh, possible for me.
0: Now – Making the jump from an assistant to head coach—I mean, I, I, I hope people realize like being a head coach is not just coaching. I mean, you have to deal with with everything. How how was it? I mean, was it was it overwhelming at times? I mean, obviously you always had a good handle on it, but I don't think people quite understand just how much work that they don't see. I guess I could I should say.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to run a successful program, even back in '95, now I would say in 2020. run a successful program now is even more demanding than it was back in 1995 because in 1995 people weren't going all you know year round Mm -hmm. uh you know you picked your times you grabbed your athletes when you could and then you gave them some time off afterwards Uh, you know for me that meant you know when i was doing both jobs that meant during the fall I didn't see a lot of our basketball players that weren't involved in other fall sports. Mm-hmm. Not, not good. You know, if I had it over again, I wouldn't do it that way, but that's the way it had to be done because mm-hmm. I was you know, too involved with football at the time. And that that's what led me to kind of decide that I had to give one of them up. I wasn't ready to give up the head basketball job. And I thought we were doing some really good things. I thought we were moving the program or we keeping it where it was when coach Steidel had it. And, um, you know, so I gave up the uh, the football, and I stayed around football as a volunteer, and my wife, i never forget this, my wife said, what did you decide? And I said, I decided to just be a volunteer for football. She said, so you're going to coach without being paid? And I said, yeah, that's that's what volunteer is. And she said, well, okay, good luck with that, but I know it's not going to change you. And, and she was right. You know, I probably put in a little less time than I normally would with, with you know, as a paid coach, but uh it's also just not couldn't your get nature. myself yeah. away from it yeah know? it's hard so
0: now you had a very school league titles right as head coach
1: we won one we were in three uh we won one uh we won one with uh, a really good cast of players i mean tommy McGoey, our head March football Chikini. coach now mark chris schlitzer luke McMurtry. luke McMurtry was a junior on that team um uh, oh, uh, Justin Billingham and Kurt uh, Armstrong, just a really good core of kids that got a lot of playing time. At least the core of them got a lot of playing time as sophomores. We got better as juniors. And then uh, we really – they really took off and, and took the team on their shoulders, really. It was it – was, the easiest year for me to coach was uh, 99-2000 because hmm. the seniors just knew what they wanted. They knew what they saw in the past – 2 years before that how close we were uh, unfortunately and, and you I don't know if if you remember this but Shamokin at the time they were good had a core of players and one of them was Chris Zimmerman who's their current yeah. head basketball coach and they just uh he he wasn't going to lose i mean Chris Zimmerman was the epitome of a point guard that just controlled Bucknell, everything right? about his team Yep. Uh, ended up at Susquehanna but started mm-hmm. at Bucknell um, but just a and he's coaching the same way now at Shemokin than he played and he was he just took everybody on on his shoulders and they let they followed his leadership and so that made it very difficult to beat Shemokin. we tried i mean we fought like heck to uh, i would think most of the years that he was uh, that this that Shemokin won our division if we had more than two losses i don't remember many more than that mm-hmm. the two losses were always the two, two Yeah i mean games he was lights out from yeah. just just an outstanding player and outstanding leader. And it made it difficult to beat a Shemokin team that had talent.
0: Now, have you, did you ever coached against Jimmy in Schuylkill League?
1: We had one game together uh, against each other, I should say. He was at Schuylkill Haven. He was in the latter years of his time at Schuylkill Haven. And I was in maybe the middle of my career at Pottsville. And uh, to make, and we didn't like it. It was an uncomfortable. Yeah, you guys were like the
0: original Harbaugh brothers. right? Yeah, it was
1: an uncomfortable situation. Neither one of us were looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm here speaking to you now, so I'll say this. It was frightening to me because I knew he would have his team prepared. Mm-hmm. I knew he knew what we did. Of course, we knew what he did. I knew it was going to be a knockdown, drag-out type game. And to make matters worse, it was, like, scheduled, I want to say, for, like, this time of year, maybe a little bit earlier, and it was canceled because of snow. Oh, so so not only did we have it's to like go through. like ice in the kicker. And, like, right right before the game, like like, maybe – 18 hours before we were supposed to play, snow came, canceled it. And I think it pushed it back a couple of weeks, which was excruciating as well. I, it,
0: who, who won?
1: Well, we ended up winning. Okay. Uh, we, had the better, we had the better players. Let's put it that way. It wasn't, uh, certainly wasn't a coaching thing. We just had better players. Uh, that, was, that was Luke McMurtry's uh, – yeah, that might have been early 2000s. I don't know what I'm thinking about. It might have been 2000, 2001. Because I remember Luke being our point guard and an ex- another exceptional leader, kind of a Chris Zimmerman in his own right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wasn't going to lose many games either when he played. That's just oh no, ty- for sure. It's the type of mentality he played with.
0: The, I mean, yeah. I mean, talk about like a rela I mean, obviously you guys are competitors, you and Jimmy, but no one wants to do that. You know, what I mean, you don't want to go against your brother in that in that setting.
1: No, and you brought back neighborhood games, you know, and then it was like, well, why can't I play? You know, mm-hmm. I want to play. And, you know, pick me. Uh, you know, when you're adults and you know how much time and effort that, that each of the coaches put into their programs, we just would have rather if we were going to play each other. It, and, and before I became the head coach and I was on Jimmy Steidel's staff, uh, we met Schuylkill Haven, I believe, twice in the Schuylkill League playoffs. I think one was a championship game and the other was uh, uh, the semifinal. Mm-hmm. That was uncomfortable. And I wasn't even you know the head yeah, coach. Yeah, right. Uh, but,
0: uh, uh, Jimmy, by the way, also part of the 300-pound club at DHH Langle faculty.
1: Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. Him and, uh, I guess I could, what, Ned Hanford?
0: Mr. Gallagher?
1: Was Mr. Gallagher? I think, I think he might Gallagher have been. Was and part and of that? Wow.
0: And then uh, Wallhour.
1: Oh, yeah, Jimmy Waller. Yeah, that That's not a surprise. Um, 300 Club, boy, that, that brings back me some
0: memories. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that. Now, what was your uh, – I hate to ask this, but you talked about your victories. What, what's a basketball or football loss that, that still haunts you?
1: Well, I'll start with football because it's more recent. Uh, we made the state finals two years in a row. Thought the year in 2005 when we played Franklin Regional for the championship was – A game that we probably were outmanned. Uh, Kids fought like heck.
0: That was Malecki, right?
1: That was Malecki, and they had a really good running back that unfortunately in that game for them got knocked out in the first quarter. But uh, they were, I think they were just a better team Mm -hmm. that year.
0: Yeah, he was a monster, Malecki. Yeah,
1: he ended up having a really good career at Pitt. Uh, 2006, you know, we had a lot of the kids returning from 2005. and just uh I just felt like we were the better team going in. Uh don't get me wrong. Um they they had some really good athletes. Their quarterback ended up being a walk on at, at Penn State mm-hmm. and had a really good career. Yes, yeah, Streno. You know. But I, I just uh I don't know. I felt like and I think Coach Keating would probably agree that, you know, one or two plays here on either side of the ball uh, could have changed the the um the final score in that game and that's probably the one that I regret as much as any because I a state title for the city of Pottsville at that mm-hmm. time would have been just uh incredible. I mean just seeing how they handled our return to Pottsville after the two games that we we played in Hershey in 05-06 as runner ups. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. You know the and that was and that the was
0: the state playoffs, not like they are t- not taking anyone from today, but that was one of four state champs. Right. You guys were three A, which you know, well, there's some our, stiff competition. Yeah, getting, our,
1: you know? our senior year, or yeah, our senior year that oh, oh six year, uh, I mean, we had to beat some really quality teams. Not that oh five wasn't wasn't a mm-hmm. slouch either. Man, I'm Central and uh Strathaven, These were these were teams that were oh, they were legendary. They were I there mean, every yeah. year. It was like playing yeah. Berwick. Oh yeah, and you know, it was like, and we beat. We found a way to win, and we got to that, you know, that championship game, and just couldn't get the job done. But uh, hats off to our our kids at that time, just quality kids and and quality coaches. And uh, but that 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 loss uh, in that state championship game in 06 was was a hard one. Basketball, um, like I said, we got to the Schuylkill League playoffs, uh, involved in the Schuylkill League playoffs three times, uh, falling short. Falling short in our first year together in 95 with guys like Danny File and Ryan McGinley and Brian Cirillo and Jake Mascarinas, kids like that that, that, that worked their tail off for me. I was a new coach coming in, you know, kind of different but same as Coach title, But, you know, there was, some, there was some growing pains there early. But those kids came along and we ended up uh, in a three-way tie for the division title with Blue Mountain and Shemokin. Mm. So at that time you played everything off and we lost the toss. Of course, I don't know if I've won a toss in my life, so I shouldn't have even been around when the coin was tossed, but we ended up losing. So we ended up having to play. If you can picture this, we played Pine Grove, a real good Pine Grove team coached by Davey Holland on a Friday night. We had to win it. I mean, mm-hmm. to stay three in a three way time. Right. So we were down at Pine Grove, tough place to play. So our kids found a way of getting a win that night. Came back Saturday night and had to play Blue Mountain because we lost the coin flip.
0: So just turn it right back around?
1: Turn it around again. Practice Sunday. We, we beat Blue Mountain. Practice Sunday. Play a good Monta area team coached by the other legendary Holland. Holland. Yeah. Uh, Monday night. Found a way to win that game. And then played Shimokin either Tuesday or Wednesday I don't remember which one it was but we played like five games in like four nights or five nights five uh-huh. games in five nights and uh found a way to win every one of them but one which was Shemokin at the time so uh, that that was kind of hard to see our kids you know work so hard through those games because of the situation we were put in and then and then in the end I think and I think we ended up losing to Shimokan by two if I'm not mistaken in that semifinal game so that was heartbreaking.
0: Now, you've kind of come full circle now. So you're, you're an assistant now with the Coach Mullaney, who's doing an incredible job. It's got to be nice now that you're – I mean, you don't have to worry about the head coaching stuff. You're you're just concentrating on coaching, just the love of basketball, if you will. I mean, how, how nice is that now to, to, to be sitting in that position?
1: Well, I, I think any assistant coach that was a head coach would tell you if they decide to go back, on a bench as an assistant coach. Number one, they have to believe in the program that the head coach has instilled. And that was an easy one for me. Um, This guy, we were fortunate to get him when we did, and he has done some incredible things. He's taken Pottsville basketball, and and Coach Steidel, I mean, he's a legend, and everything he did for the Pottsville basketball program is obviously incredible. Coach Mullaney has taken that and moved it, moved the, 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 the benchmark so much higher because of his achievements. Uh, and he just does it out of love of the game, and he does it because he invests so much time. And the, he expects the kids to put in the time, and our kids couldn't say enough about them either. They find a way, if they're multi-sport athletes, they find a way to get to whatever workout Coach is having and that's all he says. He says guys, if you're not doing anything else, we have our three head coaches at Pottsville right now. Mike Welsh in baseball, Dave, uh, Tommy in football and Dave in basketball. Just have a, you know, a cooperating mm-hmm. uh, system going on where you know basically what they all three of them say, look, if you're involved with something in basketball during basketball season, obviously we want you to go. Sure. But if you're not, you know, try to make yourself available. So uh that's important because you see too many three-sport, two-sport kids start to focus on one, and you know I raised my my three kids, two two sons and a daughter. My daughter was a two-sport athlete, almost became a cross-country runner to be a three-sporter, and then my 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 two boys at Pottsville found a way to be students and to also be three-sport athletes. So I, I believe in that, and I still believe in that. Uh, some people would argue that. You can't be real good at any one sport if you play three. I, I, I just. And if you talk at all, all the great
0: coaches, I mean, like Urban Meyer, for example, he looks for two sport athletes. I mean, those skills are transferable across. You want athletes.
1: I really admire coaches when they come in and talk to our kids, whether they're talking to a football coach or, talk, or talking to a basketball coach. Uh, basketball coaches like football players, mm-hmm. uh, football coaches like basketball players because they think, as you said, one helps the other. You know, and if you, if if a football coach can see a football player running around athletically on a basketball court, then I think that that gives that kid a leg up. And I just think sports in high school, like you you mentioned before, college is a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, college coaches are not high school coaches, and they don't treat you like a high school player. Save that for college. Mm-hmm. You know, if, and if you're good enough. In any sport, a, a good coach, college coach, whatever sport it is, they'll find mm-hmm. you. know, and, and, and I think, I mean, Chris Knapples, uh, Travis Blankenhorn, just just kids like that. Yeah. Travis Blankenhorn was going to be found by the Minnesota Twins. Regardless. Whether yeah. he was a one sport athlete, two sport right. athlete, or a three sport athlete. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my belief, maybe. I, I agree with you, especially in I today's get, day
0: and age, I mean, everything's videoed. I mean, they'll find you if, if you're good.
1: Yeah, and travel teams, I mean, I don't want to bash travel teams, but uh, if you're willing to pay the money, mm-hmm. any travel team will take you. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and travel team, you know, whether it's AAU and basketball, it's more an individual thing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to bring kids back from an individual-type setting in an AAU basketball game and try to create a team concept with them in your own team mm-hmm. at home, you know, and, and that, you know, I guess there's a time and a place for that. And I don't, I don't want to bash anything. Sure, not I don't right want to bash either. any of that. I, I think it has a, a a place in our society today. I just don't want to see it take over high school athletics. Mm-hmm. And in some cases uh, I see that happening. I see kids deciding to give up a sport in high school to play the same sport on a travel team or an AAU team. Mm-hmm. Uh, because someone's telling them that that's going to get them somewhere quicker, right? And I just, I just don't believe that.
0: I agree with you 100%. I have two questions left. Uh, this one I know uh, our golf group uh, wants to know: Are, are you and Coach Ronaldo okay now?
1: Well, it all depends what day of the week it is, but yeah, we're okay. Coach Coach Ronaldo's actually our our score scorekeeper oh, for right, our right, basketball yeah, yes. program. Uh, which he's enjoying the heck out of, and I'm glad he took it. He was kind of hesitant at first to take it, but I told him he'd have a good time with our coaches. Well, he's going to be happy to hear coaches. that. He, he's, he's having a real good time with it and uh, gets him out of the house, gets him through the winter. So, uh, But I'm looking forward to our, our golf outings again. Uh, our our yeah. golf coordinator, Mr. Hughes, is already busy setting up uh, some trips for us. Oh, uh, this coming nice. May, June, and September. He already has them booked for us. so wow i'm sure if you haven't heard that yet you will so uh down to that bridges place again oh that was nice yeah so I've, uh he's busy doing
0: that it's funny how you know as, as former athletes like golf golf is the only sport we could kind of compete in now you know and it's <laughs> i mean obviously we do it for the social aspect of it but it's it's fun to be competitive out there again and
1: I enjoy it. I'm, I'm the only one of, of the three brothers that actually plays golf. The other two don't even want to hear about it. So, I don't know. There's something about it. Mm-hmm. I guess we're never really as good as we want to be at it. So no, that, never. That drives us. And you can show up one day and be real, a real good driver of the ball, and the next day you can't get it off the table. Yeah, team. right. That's frustrating. But it also brings out the competitiveness in mm-hmm. you And we, we both have that competitive edge to us and, you know. I'm looking forward to those uh, matchups between uh, um, Mr. McCurry and myself with whoever we end up uh, yeah we're taking we on. You know, we try to stay as partners as much as we can. So, and he's taking lessons. So uh, yeah, he's watch trying out trying to improve our partnership yeah. a little bit.
0: And my last question: uh, Who started? Because you guys, the Toomey brothers, rock the mustache better than anybody. Because if I grow a mustache, I look like uh, an Italian plumber. So. Who who started it of the of the three brothers?
1: Well, it wasn't me. Uh, I'm going to say Danny started it, uh, and, and he he has uh, – I have the lighter hair of the uh-huh, three of us. Right. So growing a mustache with blonde, brownish hair is not an easy thing. And, and you could walk by me probably 10 feet away and not see my mustache. So you're being generous to me. My mustache is there only because uh, – I don't know. It's been there a long time, and I don't know what the heck I'd look like without it. So – we're not gonna we're not gonna take that risk at this point. But uh, yeah, Danny's Danny's hair is kind of more like yours, where okay. it's a little darker, where he can you know legitimately grow a a solid uh, mustache. And Jimmy followed suit. And then I like I said, I'm more of the lighter hair complected, so and fairer skin so that doesn't fit well with right. a mustache. But we're gonna keep it going as long as we can. Yeah, I
0: had I, I I've had a beard for a while and. I accidentally shaved too much, like two months ago, my wife's never seen seen without a beard, so it was like a good three days of like I, you know at this point I don't even you know she never saw my face, so but we made it we're here, uh
1: and we're still married, so yeah, so it's good it was good
0: well coach, thank you so much. Uh, I know our listeners will will be uh interested in hearing this, and uh I'll see you on a golf course
1: Fredo. thank you it was an honor, a real honor, and uh you you do such a really good job with the work that you're doing, and I know your your heart and soul's into it so uh Keep doing it, bud. Thank You're you. You're doing a great sure. job. Thank you.